0: excited to get in the bank last night and cheer the Jags but you get to be somewhere better today you're in the house of the Lord so if you will stand join your voices let's enter the throne room and praise the
1: king this morning
2: you now to do the same.
3: Stand beside the heroes of the faith With one voice With one voice A thousand generations Singing Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Come on, let's sing that again And on that day We join the resurrection Stand beside Stand beside
1: Praise you, Jesus. Worship you. church right he is faithful to the end let's give Jesus some praise in the house this morning is he good church amen amen and amen hey turn and greet each other this morning before you sit down
0: to have you here worshiping with us today. My name is Rachel Smith, and I'm the Discipleship and Social Media Ministry Coordinator here at Anastasia. Um, Just a few announcements we have before we continue into this time of worship this morning. And we do offer a text-based platform here at Anastasia for our guests and members to use. So if you are a first-time visitor here or if you have a prayer request, you can go ahead and text the word CONNECT to 904-441-6900. You can also text the word NEWS to receive a digital bulletin to see what events are going on here at the life of our church throughout the week some things that we have happening here this week at anastasia is this wednesday january 11th we have a worship night happening here in the clc it's going to be a great time of combined worship and we're just going to be able to enjoy all generations coming together to worship god it's going to be so much fun so we're really looking forward to that then next wednesday january 18th is our spring kickoff for all of our midweek ministries happening here at anastasia we're so excited just to get back into the groove of things, and we can't wait to share that time with you guys during our week. So I'm going to show a video now about one of the ministries that's happening here at our church. We came to re-engage because our marriage was in trouble, and we didn't know where to turn.
1: We were out of options. We wanted to take our marriage from a good one to a great one.
0: On the outside we looked perfect, but on the inside we were broken.
4: We were on the verge of divorce. I was full of bitterness and anger. I was unfaithful in my marriage. Because our marriage was falling apart as a consequence of my struggle with alcoholism. A struggle with pornography
1: that was just leaving her hurt. I
4: think my wife started realizing being empty
1: nesters coming up real
2: soon that she was going to be stuck just with me and we need to do something to make our marriage better. And we needed help reconnecting and communicating with each other.
0: The first day we walked in to re-engage, I felt skeptical, a little awkward, very ashamed, overwhelmed, really angry, and I really wanted to hide. He wanted to come, and I came along practically kicking and screaming. I felt nervous. I felt embarrassed, but I felt hopeful after we heard the testimony that night.
4: We felt an energy that was hard to describe, a transparency that we had not seen before.
0: One of the biggest things I realized
5: was we couldn't do this alone. Our marriage was a covenant and not a contract. A covenant that did not depend on circumstances and was a lifelong commitment. Other
1: marriages had survived what we had been through and were thriving. We don't have to settle for just getting by. It was not about fixing each other, but it was about God transforming us into people that would love each other the way that we had committed to love each other.
2: If you're considering coming to Re-Engage, the one
4: thing I would want you to know is that you're not alone.
1: It is a
0: safe place to reconnect.
4: Everything is possible with God. Just living authentically in community will be a game changer for
5: you.
1: It isn't a quick fix, but Re-Engage gave me the opportunity and the tools that I needed to start working on our marriage.
0: No matter how bad things are, do not give up on your marriage. God can heal and create something beautiful even from the messiest marriage.
2: So whether your marriage is a one and you want to get to a two, or an eight and you want to get to a nine. Reengage is a safe place to reconnect, reignite, or resurrect your marriage. No matter where you are, you can grow in your relationship with Christ and begin to experience God's plan for your marriage.
0: We're so glad you're here. Welcome to Reengage. So as you saw, Reengage is our marriage ministry that we offer here at Anastasia. And ministries like reengage and other things that we offer throughout the week are able to happen because of your generous gift giving here at our church. There's three ways to give if you feel called today. One is by placing your offering in a deposit box that's on campus. Another way is by texting the word GIVE to 904-441-6900, and you can give on your mobile phone. You can also give online by going to our Give tab on our website. I'm going to pray over our tithes and offerings, and then we'll continue into our time of worship this morning. Lord, we thank you for this time that we get to worship and honor you as a body of Christ. And we thank you for these tithes and these offerings, Lord, and we pray that you use these offerings to change lives, not only here in our local city of St. Augustine, but all over the world, Lord. It's in your mighty and precious and holy name that we pray. Amen.
5: This is the story of 600 kids that got a backpack last year. We shared these backpacks with 12 different communities that we work and have a relationship with. Each backpack has school supplies, a towel, toothpaste, soap, and a couple socks. And the more important thing, a kid's Bible. We did the same thing on the coast, but in a smaller scale. Miguelito was having some breathing problems, and because of that, he was needed to be in the hospital during the pandemic. The only thing that he asked was for his Bible, because his mom reads him the Bible every single night. Early in the morning, an atheist doctor came and asked him, do you really believe in this? And he replied, yes. I was taught that I will face this problem in the same way that David faced Goliath. Miguelito's mom started crying because she said, This little boy has more faith than I do. After a couple days, he went back home with his mom and the little blue Bible. And like Gary always says, Thank you, Jesus, for what are you doing here in the mountains of Ecuador? This is the story of me. Good morning. Good evening to
6: those of you I didn't see last week. And uh, congratulations to you, Jack Mars <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, You know, about 15 months ago, I was introduced to Gary King. i am invited Gary to come and speak with us today. And uh, Gary and invited me to go to Ecuador. So last May, uh, two of us from our church, we went to Ecuador to see the ministry that And teaching and discipleship to young kids that are neglected in places where there aren't churches. Yeah, it was powerful. Very powerful. And um, he took me and another person from our church, and we, um, and we joined another church in their mission trip to see what they are doing. I was so, so impressed. And, uh, and so what we've done is we scheduled a mission trip that's coming up November 25th to December 1st. We're looking for a team to go and, and, and be in Ecuador. But I, I just want you to hear the heart of Gary Pate. Gary Pate and his wife, Dina. Dina, would you just sort of stand and let people see you there? She doesn't like to be. Uh... But they do an amazing work in Ecuador. And Gary's going to come share his heart. He's going to share... Um, just from the Word of God as well. And I'm just so glad you're here. Thank you for being here, brother.
4: Thank you so much. Right.
6: Thank you, brother. God bless you.
4: Thank you so much, pastor. Thank you so much, church. Dean and I are so humbled and honored to be here this morning. Um, I'm so thankful that Jesus is alive and well and that he died on the cross for my sins. I'm thankful that he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's ever interceding on our behalf. And I'm so thankful that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And love has a name and his name is Jesus. And so this morning, thank God that he knows everything about us, even before it happens. And so for that, I'm so grateful. Well, Dina and I, just a little bit about us. We've been married 38 years. We are simple, ordinary people. Uh, we lived 38 years or before we left the country in a little 2 red light town north of Jacksonville called Callahan, if you've ever heard of that. So again, um, I never finished high school. I never went to college. I've never been to seminary. So if I stumble and stutter this morning or say something twice, please forgive me and overlook me. I promise I'm not as polished as Pastor Walter is. But, uh, but I love Jesus and I'm thankful for the opportunity that he's given me to be a part of sharing his love around the world. And um, I took my first short-term mission trip. Uh, 30 something years ago and I remember pastor coming back from that trip I remember the airline seat I was sitting in as God began to deal with my heart about people that were less fortunate than I was or we were And i'm not just talking monetarily, but i'm talking spiritually and as God began to deal with my heart I came back home And I told dina about my trip that week at the time we had two small children I had gone on that trip by myself. She'd stayed behind with our children and uh The next year, she went on her first short-term mission trip. When we left the country, I was in the business world in Jacksonville. My wife was a nurse at Baptist Hospital. We got two weeks of vacation every year, and we committed to giving one of those weeks to doing a foreign mission trip. And we tried to do that almost every year because God had just put that passion in our heart. When our children got to be 10 or 11 years old, we started taking them with us because we felt it was important they understand the passion again that God had put in our heart. And uh, we we uh fast forward to 2010 we were down in ecuador uh we had been uh on many many trips to about 12 different countries but it was on that trip where the god really spoke to our heart because you see for 21 years from that first mission trip to 2010 we had prayed that god would use us in the capacity of missions And how many of you know this morning sitting here that God's ways are different than our ways and God's plan and timing is different than our plan and timing but he knows what he's doing so we prayed and prayed and we got to a place where we didn't think God wanted to use us but in 2010 we were down in Ecuador I remember being down in the jungle and I just remember that still small voice speaking to my heart after 21 years of praying now is the time I've never seen God in person I've never I've never seen, I've never heard God speak audibly but you know when the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart it's the Holy Spirit I looked at Dina and I said Dina I think God has given us a peace about doing this we came back to Callahan or Jacksonville and over the next year and a half we sold everything we owned we quit our jobs we raised enough money to go to language school where we spent a year in Central America trying to learn the language I was 49 years old I tell people all the time my English is bad my Spanish is worse But thank God I have a smart wife and and her Spanish is much better than mine. But what we've been doing the last several years, friends, is we've been working up in the southern Andes Mountains of Ecuador where we'll drive an hour, hour and a half to these very remote villages. We we go to these villages and we do like a vacation Bible school on steroids, like a discipleship program. We get these children together. They come, we go the, the same day every week at the same time. They know when we're coming. We gather there in their villages and and we do like a Bible club. We host many teams and we give those teams that come a chance to teach the Bible lesson. We give them a chance to do the craft because what we do is not only do we teach the children a Bible lesson, but we do a craft with them that goes along with the lesson. And on that craft, we put a little memory verse. And if the children go home that week and come back and they can say that memory verse, we give them a little 25 cent toy. And it's so amazing because many, many of the children week in and week out, are memorizing God's word. I'm gonna tell you about the coast in just a minute. That's a whole nother story. But on the coast, we have seven Bible clubs in addition to to the 12 Bible clubs going on up in the mountains. And just over on the coast, we are averaging over 600 children a week and about 400 of them a week are hiding God's word in their heart. About 400 of them a week will stand in a line and they'll say their memory verse to get a little 25 cent toy. Folks, I want to tell you this morning, sometimes we wake up, we look in the mirror, and I say to myself, what am I doing here? Because living in a third world country is not always the easiest situation. We don't have a church family like you have. We don't have blood relatives like you have. But when I think about these little children that are memorizing God's word and hiding God's word in their heart, man, it's encouraging. And I say to myself, it's worth it all that these children are understanding and learning who God is. You see, in the country that we live in, the culture that we live in, in in South America, the children are not really taught to read the Bible. They're not really taught to pray. They're not encouraged to read the Bible or to pray. They're taught if they want forgiveness of their sins, they go talk to a guy behind a curtain and he he will forgive their sins. And what we do is we go into these villages and we teach the children they can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. They can read his word themselves They can talk to him themselves, that he loves them, and that God gave his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for their sins. And if they will just believe in their heart and confess with their mouth, they can be saved. Folks, these children, I'm telling you this morning, These children, 8 and 10 years old, at 10,000 feet of elevation, will walk an hour or more. Bring in a little two-year-old sibling or a three-year-old sibling with them. They're not made to come, but they come because God has put a desire in their heart to hear the truth. We don't preach denomination. We don't preach or teach religion. We teach a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Several years ago, God, I woke up in the middle of the night. Seems to happen more often now than later. I couldn't sleep, and God began to deal with my heart about the coast of Ecuador, and I kind of put it in the back of my mind, we were really busy. From time to time, I would think about it. But in 2019, we had a little bit of a break. We went over to the coast of Ecuador. When we host teams, we pick them up on Saturday, we take them back the following Friday, and then we pick another team up, so Dean and I really don't even have a day off when we were having teams back to back. But in 2019, there was a week we didn't have a team. We went over to the coast of Ecuador. I'm not even sure that we'd ever been there before, but some friends of ours had a little bed and breakfast and we went there. And while we were there in 2019, one of their individuals named Feliciano came up to us and said, hey, why don't you come to my fishing village and do one of those kids clubs? You see, the difference is over on the coast of Ecuador, there's fishing villages hundreds of them just connected up and down the coast But in the mountains those villages are very rural And you have to drive an hour hour and I have to get the one and the same to the next And I told Feliciano I said listen What you need to understand is that we're Christians we teach the Bible We're missionaries Because he was not a follower of Christ and I didn't want to deceive him in any way that we were just going to come and throw a big kids party He said no problem We arranged a date to go back in 2019. And when we went back, Feliciano, he had gathered all these children into a park in the middle of this little fishing village, in the center, center of the fishing village. And on that day there were 80 kids there and 20 adults. And the next day we did another little Bible club in a neighboring fishing village. And there were 130 kids and adults. And folks, we're not into numbers. We believe Jesus died for one soul if he died for all of us. So we do the same program with one child or 150 children. But God began to open our eyes to the lack of evangelism along the coast of Ecuador. Less than 2% of the population are Christians. There's very few evangelical churches. So in 2021, we started going to the coast of Ecuador one week a month. What you need to understand is that we have five Ecuadorians that work with us full-time. Dina and I believe in no matter what country we're working in, the nationals can reach their people better than we can. They speak the language better. They understand the culture better. It's their people. Why not mentor them and empower them and train them and teach them to reach their own people? That's right. And so one week a month, we were living in the mountains. We would all get together and we'd drive eight hours to the coast of Ecuador. And through that process, we established seven Bible clubs for children. In the meantime, we're still mentoring and training those in the house churches up in the mountains. So those clubs are not going. And while we have to give them everything they need, listen, if you have a job in Ecuador, and that's a big if, the average salary is $425 a month, not a week, a month. They don't have the resources to buy what they need to do the Bible clubs, but we empower them, we equip them, we give them what they need, glue sticks, color crayons, cookies, Kool-Aid, a Bible lesson to teach every week. So those clubs were still going on in the mountains, but we would pack up one one week a month and go over to the coast. And we established these Bible clubs that we started going to on a weekly basis. And as we're going over there and we're starting to do these Bible clubs in these fishing villages, God brings back to my memory One particular fishing village that he had woke me up about years ago. That fishing village is called Montanita. You see, in the 1970s, it was a fishing village like all the rest, but today it's the surf capital of Ecuador. People come from around the world to surf there. And I want you to hear me this morning, no matter what I say, I don't mean this in any negative way, but I just want to tell it like it is. Montanita is a place where people come to surf and party, they'll sleep in a ditch. They don't care where they sleep as long as they can smoke dope all day, surf in the afternoons, smoke some more dope and surf in the mornings. That's why they're there. And God began to reach out to me, Gary, who is telling these individuals that I love them, that I care about them? No one was reaching out to them. And I'm thinking to myself, friend, I'm not a hippie, I'm 59 years old, I'm not a surfer. I think you got the wrong person, God. But as we're going over to the coast one week, A month As we're riding up and down this road called the Spondylus, which is similar to RA1A. God puts it on my heart to start a Bible study. And basically, they can come in their their board shorts and their flip-flops and their tank tops or no shirt at all. But if they want to know a truth or understand the truth about God's love for them, they can come to this Bible study. And I start thinking, where are we going to do this at, Pastor? And as I'm riding up and down this road called the Spondylus, I see this building. I have no idea what's in this building. This building is a shell. It's not plastered. It's not painted. It's unfinished raw concrete block. I go past that building many times and I say, what's in that building? And friends, what you have to understand, we don't even know what we're doing. I don't know how big of a building, how small of a building. I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest. But one day I go by there and there's a truck outside. And I go inside and the guy that owns the building's there. And it turns out that this is a beer warehouse. I tell the guy, my wife and I are Christians. We're missionaries. We do these children's Bible clubs along the coast, but God's put it on our heart to to reach the people of Montanita with the gospel of Jesus. I say, I'm gonna be back in one month because you see Manuel, the guy that owns the beer warehouse, he doesn't speak English and my Spanish is so-so. I go back one month later with a guy named Andreas. He's kind of a guy I'm mentoring and training. He's Ecuadorian. He's kind of my Timothy in the Bible, if you will. And we go back and we talk to Manuel a month later. We agree to lease this building for five years. We're gonna take this beer warehouse and we're gonna hopefully plant a church in this building. And what you need to understand about this building, again, I'm telling you, it's got a metal roof, bamboo trusses, no electricity, no plumbing. Um, it, It doesn't have anything. It's just a bare building. Back in May, when your pastor was down in Ecuador, very interesting the way the Lord works time wise brother I had an idea to draw these people in to get them to come why not have a movie night and why not just put it on a big screen I know that's a really big screen but why not put it on a big screen because you see there's no cinema within an hour of us there's no theater most of these people have never left these fishing communities And in May, on Tuesday night, we started showing movies. And afterwards, we have a Bible study. We share the gospel from God's word in a plain, simple way. In May, we had 73 people. A few weeks ago, before Christmas, we had 353 people. Every Tuesday morning, we go out into the villages. Your pastor was a part of it. We pass out invitation in these fishing villages saying, hey, tonight, we're going to show a movie. And then we're going to share the gospel afterwards. And people keep coming. They sit there as we show the movie. They sit there as we share the gospel with them and they they look so intently and you have no idea what's going through their minds or through their heads. But we're saying, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share. I just want to share one more story, and there's so much to share. We we are on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twit, Tweet. Um, we have a YouTube channel, Pate Ministries. If you want to see more videos, more stories, because I don't have time this morning but I needed a little piece of bamboo. And along the coast of Ecuador, we have a lot of bamboo yards like you have Home Depots and Lowe's because on the other side of the equator, we don't have hurricanes and we don't have tornadoes, we have earthquakes. And when the ground moves, concrete crumbles, but bamboo just goes with the flow. So they use a lot of bamboo. I needed a little piece of bamboo and I went to a bamboo yard. And folks, this morning, if you're a follower of Jesus, I don't believe anything happens by accident or coincidence. Listen, I believe Jesus knows what's gonna happen at nine o'clock tonight and nine o'clock tonight, five years from now. With Jesus, there's no coincidences. There's no accidents, he knows. I went to a particular bamboo yard. I could have went to a hundred of them, but when I went inside, I told the young man, I said, listen, my wife and I are missions, we're missionaries, we're Christians. We do these Bible clubs, but God's put it on our heart to, to do a, 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 an adult Bible study here. And I said, we want to do one in this community, of Montanita a kids Bible club. At that time, we were doing six. This would have made the seventh. And about that time, this hippie walks up. I don't mean that in any negative way. He's got hair down to his tail. And the guy in the bamboo yard says, you need to talk to that hippie. I tell the hippie who we are. And then out of nowhere, I say to the hippie, listen, we're gonna be back in a week or a month. I want you to go with me to the Bible club and see what we do. Now, listen, you have to understand the culture in Ecuador is if I ask you to do something, you're gonna tell me yes, whether you can do it or not because you don't wanna disappoint me. You may have something else to do when I'm asking you to do something with me, but you don't wanna tell me no because you don't wanna disappoint me. So the hippie says, I'll, I'll do it. I'll meet you next month when you come back. We show up a month later, and sure enough, he comes with his living girlfriend. They go to us, they go with us to one of our Bible clubs and they sit there and they watch what we do. Three weeks later, Dean and I, everywhere we go, we're giving them our cards and we're telling them, hey, we're gonna start an adult Bible study. And if you want to come, if you want to know more the truth about God's love and his word, you can come to this, this adult Bible study. We go into a restaurant and I hand the lady my card and she looks at me. We've never been in that restaurant before. I've never met this lady before, but when we hand her our card, she looks at us and says, I know who you are. She says about three weeks ago, this hippie came in here and he talked to me and some of the other city leaders and he asked permission for you to use the little community center to do a Bible club for kids. And folks, right after that meeting, we started meeting every Monday at two o'clock averaging 150 kids a week meeting children working with children in the center of this surf community we're doing seven bible clubs right now on the coast and four out of the seven are being coordinated and orchestrated by not non-christians by people who are not followers of jesus that's how much jesus loves the children people of ecuador listen many of the children we work with friends they don't have electricity, they don't have plumbing. Some of the children we work with, they, they, they don't even have an indoor bathroom. But we're able to share with them that Jesus loves them and that one day they can have everything so much better because he loves them so much. I wanna share a quick story with you real quick because I'm gonna have to stop in a minute. And I'll probably mess this up a little bit, so forgive me. But in John chapter four, Jesus is going on a long journey. And he stops at 12 o'clock noon by a well. He's tired. The disciples are with him, but they go over to some other villages to get something to eat. And there's a woman that comes up. And Jesus says to the woman, please give me a drink of water. And the woman looks at Jesus and said, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. Why are you asking me for a drink of water? And Jesus said, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask me for a drink of water. And the woman says, How are you gonna get me a drink of water? You don't have a bucket, a rope, and this well is deep. She didn't know who he was. And he said, The water that I'm gonna give you is living water. You will never thirst again. And the woman says, Please give me that water. And Jesus said, Go get your husband. The woman said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, You're right. The guy you're living with is not your husband. You've had five husbands. And some scholars would say that he started calling the ex-husbands out by name. She was blown away that he knew everything about her. But here's what I want to focus on. In John chapter 4, verse 28, this is what my Bible says. It says, the woman left her water jar by the well, and she ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man that's told me everything I've ever done. And you know what happened? The people started... In verse 39 of John 4, the people started streaming from the village to come and to see this man called Jesus, and they believed in him. And folks, this morning, I want to encourage you with two things. One is, missions isn't simply crossing the sea, but seeing the cross. Think about that for a minute. Missions isn't simply crossing the sea, but seeing the cross. The people we work with, the people we go to school with, our next door neighbors, folks, that's our mission field. And you know what? We all have a story to tell. And all the Lord wants us to do is share our story because you know what? People have a big hole in their heart and they're looking for things of the world to fill that hole, that empty, that void. And let's face it, the things of the world last for a little while, but the only thing that's gonna fill our heart, that emptiness, that void forever and ever is Jesus Christ. He's the friend that sits closer than the brother. He will never leave you or forsake you or fail you or let you down. I'm gonna fail you. Your family, your friends, are gonna fail you. They're gonna let you down, but Jesus will never fail you, never let you down. He's always available. The other thing I wanna encourage you with this morning as I wrap this up is the Lord is not looking for your ability, but your availability. I told you earlier, They say I'm hyper. That's probably why that thing's all messed up. Sorry, guys. I don't know if I am or not, but that's what they say. I told you earlier, I never finished high school. I never went to college. I've never been to seminary. I've never worked on staff at a church. And folks, I think about all the time, God, why in the world would you use me? Why in the world would you use me, God? And in my life, and you don't have to come up to me afterwards and say, please don't say that about yourself because people do that. Listen, it is what it is. Thank God for common sense or I have no sense at all. But folks, if God is speaking to your heart to do something in this fellowship or something else for him, he doesn't need your talents. He doesn't need your ability. What he needs is your availability. And so this morning, give that to him. I'm gonna close. We, back there on the table, we have some brochures back there that tell you a lot more about us. We have inside the brochure, and if you're not careful, it'll fall out when you pick it up, but there are some prayer magnets. And if you felt led to take one of these and put it on your refrigerator, and every time you go to your refrigerator, pray for us, we'd be so obliged. Also, we send out a quarterly newsletter just four times a year. It's one page. And if you want to get that, you can fill this little card out and leave it laying on the table. We mail it as well as email it, because sometimes... Emails going to spam or junk, and you never know it, and we don't. We'd love to talk with you if you'd like to talk with us. But I want to ask you one question. Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Think about that for a minute. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people. I don't have a personal relationship with a lot of people. Our families, our friends, we talk to them. We have a personal relationship with them. Do you read your Bible every morning, which is God's way of talking to you? Do you talk to him every day through prayer? Do you have a personal relationship with him? And if you don't, I I encourage you to get up a little bit earlier every morning and begin a personal relationship with the, the one true God. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior this morning, the Bible says this, we've all sinned, we've all come short of the glory of God. The wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The Bible says that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. It says, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says, if I confess with my mouth, believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I shall be saved. And friends, if you don't know for sure that if you died in your sleep tonight where you'd spend eternity, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. It's not my words, friend. It's this word. So this morning, let us pray. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for its heart for missions. Lord, forgive me of where I failed you or let you down or I'd done you wrong, stumble, stuttered, or whatever. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray if someone's here this morning that doesn't know you in a personal way that today will be a day of salvation, Lord, bless this church. Thank you for all that you've given and done in Jesus' name. Amen.
7: Hill, where your blood was spilled
1: from this place in your power in Jesus name and all God's people said Amen and Amen God bless you church have a great Sunday